It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team locked every on. day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is my new verified co-host, Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Voice podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? I am uh, I am verified that it is verified that I am on Twitter in case there was any doubts before. Uh, I am very on on Twitter, very online, as they say. Uh, but I'm online. glad to be here. I'm glad to be uh, uh, getting a week closer. I mean, we are. What's what we're is it, there. Marcus? We're like we're like less than less than th- about three weeks. Just yeah. about three weeks. Three uh, weeks away from, from actual football stuff. It's unbelievable. I'm excited. It's unbelievable. All right. So today we're going to continue with our training camp preview. Uh, we're going to be talking about tight ends, and this is an episode that I'm really excited to get into because. I think we might have some disagreements on how we view this tight end room. Um, I want to start with the the group as a whole. I think it's a pretty good unit, right? Obviously, Dalton Schultz played well in in Blake Jarwin's absence last year. Jarwin is expected to return. You have already see the setup. I can already see the setup happening here, Marcus. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeremy Sprinkle, a a veteran tight end to come replace Blake Bell, and then you've got two guys. Uh, from Michigan fighting for that four spot and Nick Eubanks and Sean McEwen. So overall, what do you think about this tight end room going into the season? I like it. I mean, obviously, I've been a big Dalton Schultz fan since uh, he got drafted because I, I, I felt like, you know, um, and we've talked about this before. I thought his skill set coming into the league uh, was kind of almost opposite of what you see a lot of modern tight ends come in mm-hmm. with, right? He he had the ath- kind of requisite athleticism to be a receiver, but he didn't have a ton of receiving skills. He had what he did have was a lot of experience in kind of doing the uh, the dirty work of 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 being a, a, a tight end, you know, the kind of the blocking. And, and, and but he's a little bit undersized, but he has really good technique. And then as he's developed. Uh, he's kind of learned uh, through experience how to, to kind of play the the other aspects of, of the job, which, like I said, mm-hmm. are, are things that, that tight ends mostly are coming into the league learning. I mean, nowadays the tight end position is more of a receiving position than it probably ever has been at any point. Um, and, 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 and the guys coming out of college kind of reflect that. Uh, but, but, you know, for a guy like Schultz who came in, uh, with some of those skills because of the fact that he went to Stanford and Stanford kind of teaches a, a you know, pro style of offense that, that really uses their tight ends heavily. Uh, he came in with a lot of that experience. And then you know, once he got some snaps, uh, in his receiving uh, part of his game kind of kept caught on. Um, you know, he became a really useful player down the stretch. And, and I think that it, right. he, 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 he kind of comes into this year 
uh, with with more experience and, and more, um, you know, having seen a lot more of, of what happens in the NFL, having, having been a starter for this team for for almost the whole year. Uh, so I, I feel a lot better than I even did last year. I think you, you have a guy in Jarwin. You've got a guy in Schultz that can give you a, a viable option that with two tight end fronts. Uh, maybe that's not – you're not like – you know, chomping at the bit to get C.D. Lamb or, or Gallup off the field, but you also feel like if you need to be deploy a, t- a two tight end set, yeah. you're going to have quality players out there. Well, you can't run those guys 75 snaps a game. Yeah, whether you're three receivers, they're going to need breaks, and plus you want different looks. There's going to be games where, yes, I know the three receivers are so good, but it's going to be better for your offense to play. Yeah let's say 40% of the snaps in two tight end sets, right? If you're going against a really small defense, I think that can be valuable. So I want to start with Jarwin Landon, because I think yeah. this one's very interesting, right? Um, I think everybody assumes that he's going to be the starting tight end. What do you expect from Jarwin uh, this season? Well, I expect Jarwin to be the kind of guy who uh, can, can feast on what's around him. I mean, I think that's really going to be uh, the measurement of success is, is he going to be the kind of guy who can take advantage of the opportunities provided to him uh, from guys like CeeDee Lamb and, and Gallup and, and, and Cooper on the outside? Um, yeah, I think it's hard to deny that. I mean, I even even number one Schultz fan over here. Uh, it's hard to deny that a lot of, of what you saw with Schultz last year was opportunity provided by the, the rest of the offense around him. Uh, I think that Jarwin is a more capable wide receiver, da- more dangerous uh, with the ball in his hands. Um, and, and I think that, you know, as far as a uh, seam buster, as a guy who can get up the field and, and kind of find uh, those, those soft spots in the zone, he presents a big target. He's athletic. Um, you know, he's a guy who I would expect, uh, uh, you know, with a full season or hopefully close to that, to to put up numbers, you know, surpassing what we saw uh, uh, with with Schultz last year. Um, you know, a little bit agree. closer to a yeah. little bit closer to seven hundred, hopefully, maybe over over seven hundred yards receiving. Um, you know, I think that there's going to be a, a lot of uh, a lot to go around here, uh, and there's going to be a lot of attention on the guys all around uh, Jarwin. So as long as he can kind of just you know make the most of his opportunities, uh, as long as he can kind of convert those opportunities into catches, uh, a play with a lot of efficiency, uh, he's going to be able to put up big numbers just because there's going to be so much opportunity for him to get the ball. Yeah. So Jarwin's game is all about making plays down the field and after the catch, right? Like the game that sticks out to me is the one against the the Giants Giants where he scored three touchdowns, right? And almost all of it was after the catch. I do think that in terms of like explosiveness, Jarwin is going to help the other receivers more than what Schultz will, right? Because Jarwin is the kind of guy that you might have to, I mean, not necessarily build your whole game plan around, but he can be really, really dangerous if you're just going to put a smaller safety on him or a slower linebacker. Like he is going to kill those guys. My problem is a couple things. Number one, how healthy is he? Because it, yeah. he hasn't practiced yet at all this offseason. This is somebody who tore his ACL in week one. You would think that he'd be healthy by now, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that you know one of the surprise names that we saw you know with training with a, a mini camp and OTAs uh, of guys. You know, we had obviously a laundry list of guys coming back from injury, uh, but the fact that the Jarwin who tore his ACL pretty early in the season. Uh, wasn't back yet was was a little bit surprising to me for sure. What September twelfth, I think, is when he tore it. That's pretty. It's a pretty long time at this point for an AC. I mean, ACL injuries are not what they used to be, right? They they're more of a 
eight to 10 month injury as opposed to 12 month, you know, 13 month in, injury like it used to be. Um, you know, Jarwin's body type is different than a lot of these other guys. I mean, he's, you know, he's a bigger, taller guy. So that maybe that's contributing to him. You know, maybe there's a setback that they're not discussing. Maybe he's just right on the precipice of being ready and they didn't want to maybe, rush him back yeah. because what's the point, right? And they have a well, guy in Schultz that they, they feel like camp, they can execute yeah. practice, you know? If we get to camp, though, and Jarwin isn't practicing or is going every other day, that's when I'm going to start getting concerned. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that seems – the timeline seems weird there. And it definitely is, would lend to the idea that if he's not back by that point, then maybe there's something going on there with, yeah. with the injury that he hasn't quite fully healed yet. Uh, the other thing with Jarwin, and again, I really like Jarwin's talent. I think he can be one of these premier wide tight ends, right, that just just gobbles in a bunch of passes and makes plays after the catch. It's just – does he offer you anything as a blocker? Like, does he is he a complete zero there? And we don't really know, like, because I think last year we were excited to see, okay, did he get better as a blocker from the previous season? And we wanted to see, like, what it looked like in week 10 versus week one and by week 17. We just don't really know. And my problem is if he's going to basically be a zero or a liability on the field as a blocker, then I'm not so sure if the Cowboys are going to be wise to put him on the field instead of Dalton Schultz. Well, you know, I mean, that's a valid point. And and I think that, you know, Schultz to me has always been the superior blocker and um, and has gotten oh, and yes. Schultz has gotten better, you know, too. That's the other thing is Schultz has continued to kind of get better as he's gotten stronger. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I think that there's something there. And look, I, I think that uh, Schultz has earned the right to get snaps, you know, to, to, to be, to see the field, whether that's in a, you know, a more heavy rotation than we kind of were expecting with, with Jarwin or in, like we've mentioned 12 personnel. I think that either way Schultz has shown you that, you know, he has value as a two way tight end that maybe Jarwin doesn't quite have. Uh, but then again, you know, Jarwin provides things as a pass receiver that, that, that Schultz probably won't ever right. get to as well. All right, I want to get to Dalton Schultz in just a second, but I want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, my thinking here with Dalton Schultz is this. I think he should be the primary tight end, and mm. Jarwin is the guy that comes in in 12 personnel. And it's, it really has nothing to do about Jarwin. I think it's more to do about Schultz because the player that I saw last year, I thought was really good. And I know there was some, you know, he's not the most dynamic player after the catch. 
I know he's not as flashy as Blake Jarwin, but he's gotten better as a blocker. He's only 24 years old. I think he's pretty reliable. Like he, he just doesn't drop a lot of passes. And if you want to keep some, if you want to be unpredictable a little bit on offense, especially when you have your three receivers on the field, I just think Schultz is the best combination of a guy that helps you in the passing game as well as the run game. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think you know Schultz actually presents a pretty interesting question for the Cowboys this year um, because you know I th- I'm pretty sure maybe you should check this. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after yes, this year because this, this is the last year's rookie contract. Cowboys are going to have an interesting uh, uh, decision to make with him uh, because tight end is a position that you know we've discussed. It's a difficult position to draft. It's a difficult position to develop. The Cowboys have frankly developed it seems like half the tight ends in the league <laughs> at, the, at different points because they've drafted them and then they've played out and been pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've had innumerable number of good, solid to good tight end twos and tight end threes that have kind of dispersed throughout the league. I, I think the Cowboys really need to consider what they have in Schultz. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think that there's something to what you're saying. I mean, I haven't really considered it, you know, up until now because Jarwin is just such, you know, such a, a, a superior receiving talent. Um, but but there's something to what you're saying. I, I, there is something to the idea that that Schultz has earned an opportunity. Um, Schultz's presence on the field definitely definitely doesn't maybe tip what's what's happening in the same way that that Jarwood does. And I, I think that you you're going to have a decision to make at the end of this year. Do you really want to let another well developed tight end walk away when the guy that you have is very good receiving talent and you certainly aren't going to be upset with him? But you are, you know, you're not necessarily replacing him with his, uh, with with a solid two-way tight end that has value in the NFL still. Um, so I, I I think that after what we've seen with with uh, uh, Schultz last year, Jarwin, you know, for all the hype and all the excitement we have about his potential, Jarwin still hasn't put up a season like Schultz did last year. You know, he's, he's, no, he's no. and that's a lot of that's opportunity, of course, and the injury is is unfortunate, but at the same time, that's something to keep in mind. It's not like Jarwin is so so much a sure thing that uh, we should you know bypass what we do know uh, we have in Schultz. So I think Jarwin made a lot more sense of this Cowboy team in 2018 and 2019 when you were looking for guys to be dynamic on offense. Sure, yeah. yeah. When you had Amari Cooper for half a season and you had a rookie Michael Gallup and you needed somebody else to create explosive plays, Jarwin did that. And I think that he's very good at that. And I still think you can have a role for that player. But with the guys that you have now on offense, the three receivers, the two running backs – what you need from the tight end is somebody who can do a lot of jobs well and do a lot of different things, whether that's lining up as a fullback, lining up as an H-back, lining yeah. up in the slot, uh, mm-hmm. lining up in line. I just think Schultz does all those things better than Jarwin, even though I think Jarwin's strength is maybe stronger than Schultz's best strike. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I just think you needed – this team needs a complementary tight end more than they need a receiving tight end who is a little bit of a weakness as a blocker. You know, if, if we're picking generic team depth chart, right, I definitely would pick Jarwin because Jarwin has receiving skills that are, you know, highly re- regarded across the league is what you're trying to get. But for the Cowboys, like you're saying, but for the Cowboys who already have all this receiving talent all over the place, they're already going to have trouble distributing the ball, you know, to the talent that they have – 
they they may get more bang for their buck from a two-way player, like you're saying, from a guy that's not tipping off what they're doing who can give you something in the run game when you want to hit them with the run. Uh, I, I, I can certainly get behind that theory. I mean, just because Jarwin yeah. is providing something that – is not a huge need for the Cowboys on offense because they have that. Maybe it becomes a huge need if Gallup becomes injured or if uh, Cooper has a turf toe and you and you want to have one more receiving threat on the field to kind of continue right. to spread teams out. But up until that point, when you're when you've got Cooper, you've got Gallup, you've got a uh, uh, Lamb on the field. You know, you don't necessarily need a world beater receiver to be effective as your fourth target, right? Like he's going against their third linebacker or second safety or whatever. Uh, and, and Schultz can win that way. And then what, on top of that, Schultz can also give you something as a blocker that obviously Jarwin can't. So I, I definitely can get behind that thought process. You know, the way that they deploy all these guys is going to be an interesting is, is going to be an interesting topic. I just feel like this is much very similar to the conversation that we had about running backs a couple was it last week where I'm good with Ezekiel Elliott being the battering battering ram and then you bring in Tony Pollard for the explosive plays and maybe the split is 60 40. I kind of think that's the way we should treat tight ends like maybe if it's third and nine okay I'm good with having Jarwin in there instead of Dalton Schultz just because he gives you more athleticism but on second and three Give me the guy that can do a little bit more than just run down the seam. So I, I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys use these tight ends. And maybe it'll just depend on the game, right? Maybe it's going to depend on the opponent. And maybe it'll depend the on package, the, the, yeah. the, the The side of the field. You know, the Cowboys had problems at times getting into the end zone. Using and that's both where, of that's these where Darwin is good. Yep, yes, that's exactly. Darwin is very, very good in the red zone. Uh, it's a great point. All right, let's take one more pr- quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute l- l- best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your next box at BuiltBar.com. Also, check out our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com today all right lane and let's talk about these other tight ends on the cowboys team jeremy sprinkle who they signed uh from washington probably the third tight end what are you expecting from sprinkle this year yeah uh, you know sprinkle is a guy who traditionally played a bunch of uh, special team snaps for washington so he's definitely going to have a a heavy role in that sense he'll probably play on all the punt coverage teams all the you know uh kick you know uh goal all those teams so he'll definitely get a lot of play as a special teamer uh, if he ends up being the third tight end which you know is not surprising he definitely has experience um you know he's played he's played Mm -hmm. at different points uh more or less you know over the last years uh, for Washington uh, at different spots. He's never really been, you know, more than a tight end two for them at, at, at any point, even with injuries. Um, so I think he's kind of just a utility guy that can come in. He can, he can block a little bit. He can play on special teams. 
you know, I don't think you're featuring him as a receiver if he's out on the no, field. No. But, I mean, he can do what you need. Um, and, and really, it's going to be kind of – I honestly think, if anything, it's more just kind of competition uh, for a guy like Sean McEwen, who they probably would prefer to win yes. uh, that tight end three role. I actually watched some Jeremy Sprinkle over the weekend. A lot of his snaps, he's like an inline blocker. Yep. Sometimes they use him as an H-back. To compare him to like Blake Bell – I think he's significantly bigger than Blake Bell. I actually yeah. think he's a better blocker, um, but Bell is more athletic. I think he's better on the move. Uh, you can actually use Blake Bell in the passing game a little bit. He's just more athletic after the catch. Sprinkle's just not that guy. I think he's no. your – when you think of a third tight end, it's Jeremy Sprinkle. That, that's honestly the best way that I can subscribe or uh, describe it. He's a blocking I think he's fine. End. Yeah, he's a blocking tight end. I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, Sean McEwen is really interesting because I see – I see him very similar to player to like Dalton Schultz when I saw in Stanford, right? Like somebody yeah. who has the technique uh, that has the requisite athleticism, he just has to get a whole lot stronger. But yep. the fact that he made the team last year uh, as the fourth tight end at least tells you that the front office likes him a little bit. And he played too. And he, mean, played. he got into the game a couple of different times. So, yeah, I mean, I think – I agree. I think the Schultz comparison is apt, right? Where there's a willingness and a technique element there to blocking that is uh, uh, you don't see a ton with these guys coming out of college. Uh, so yeah, but he's undersized, you know. So he needs to get stronger to kind of help, you know. Well, is it is it easier is it easier to take a tight end that's undersized and bulk him up, or to teach a tight end how to have the correct technique to block? Exactly. And I think that, that the Cowboys have discovered that it's probably easier to bulk them up, right? If you got a guy who, can, who understands angle, who understands leverage, who understands how to uh, block and shield and get in the way as a blocker uh, and you use their body, you just have to be, teach their body to be able to survive all that in the NFL. And then they'll be, they'll be exactly what you're looking for. And I think that's kind of been the MO for the Cowboys is, okay, you guys go take all those first and second round wide receivers who put up huge numbers in college. I mean, look, the Cal Pitts is incredible and, and will be an incredible tight end. Uh, but you know, not every tight end is that you draft in the first round is Kyle Pitts, right? No, a lot no, of times no. they they are guys who come in on inflated offensive numbers because of the offense that being run in college, because of the matchups, uh, and then they get into the NFL and it's not as easy as it was. You're not you're asked to do a lot more. This is a guy. These are the guys the Cowboys draft that are used to doing the dirty work. They're used to having to wear multiple different hats. That's not going to scare them. Now all they have to do is kind of continue to do that, but you know, spend more time instead of that classroom time at Michigan, yep. Uh, yep. learning about business. You need to to get into the weight room and and get down to business. Yeah, I, and I like Sean McEwen a little bit. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all if the Cowboys move on from Dalton Schultz after this year, maybe pick up a fourth or fifth round compensatory pick, and McEwen kind of slides into that role. Um, they, yeah. Well, here's the thing: they can't. No, you're, really right. Get out, you're right. Totally. They can't I mean, that's get what out they of Blake contract. Right. They can't get out of Blake Jarwin's contract next year at all, really, without the, them costing money. So they're not going to move on from Jarwin. They probably don't have the cap space to pay two tight ends. I, I think this is their eventual replacement for Dalton Schultz, and I'm hoping that we see him take a big step. And listen, we didn't get to see McEwen at all really in training camp last year. No preseason games. I think having – they have, what, I think four preseason games the Cowboys do this year. Uh, that's going to be huge for somebody like McEwen. I think he can yeah. really get better by the time we get to the end of the season, and I think he's going to need all those reps. Um, last guy I wanted to mention, Nick Eubanks. 
Very different from Sean McEwen, same school though. Uh, a mm-hmm. big athletic guy who can make plays after the catch, needs to work on the blocking part of it, but does Eubanks have a chance to make this team? This is kind of more the traditional type of tight end that gets drafted, right? Like he yes. has some receiving abilities and athletes, uh, doesn't have the technique that you need, doesn't have the kind of reps playing the tight end position. Yes. Yep. Uh, that you need, right? He's a he's a heck of a character guy, from what I understand. Like like everybody in Michigan loves him, um, and and he's a he, you know he's a grinder. You know it's it's weird because it just feels like we saw a lot of snaps where I saw him like you know not or not taking the play off, but more just kind of unsure of what his assignment was or or Confused. not finishing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I tend to think that you know this is this is kind of the more developmental down the road guy that you try to figure out different roster mechanisms to keep him on your team for a couple of years because you know this is this is a guy who probably isn't ready to see an NFL field for at no. least a season no. or two right like that he just needs technique. he needs two years on the practice squad yeah these you know look this is and this is. You know, par for the course for a lot of these tight ends. It's oh, an incredibly yeah. difficult position to learn. So guys like this who need technique work and to kind of just learn the position, they need multiple seasons before they're going to be ready to get onto the well, fields. Do you know what's funny, though, is the the way that the NFL values these guys is all over the board. Like I, I can think yeah. of the kid the Texans drafted a couple of years ago, Cahale Waring, who yeah. really didn't know the tight end position at all goes in the early third round, hasn't played at all yet, and now we're wondering if he's even going to make the roster. Nick Eubanks played at Michigan, same type of athlete, and he goes undrafted. So I I don't know why the NFL values some of these guys super highly and then some of these guys not, but I do agree with you. I think Eubanks is an interesting developmental guy. You don't want him to play this year. You want to see him just get better in training camp in the preseason, stash him for two years and – Maybe that's a guy who eventually replaces Blake Jarwin once Jarwin's contract's up. I, I don't know, but he's not – I, I think it's somebody we definitely have to keep an eye on. You know, I, I think the Cowboys have been good and bad at certain positions and kind of you know, finding talent, uh, developing talent, uh, and, and, and identifying talent. It's a huge part sure. of it, right? Sure. I think the Cowboys are one of the best in the league at finding tight ends. I mean, they just seem to understand the position and what they want from the position, you know, that maybe not at, uh, uh, you know, always defensive back or, or some of these other positions, but, but tight end is one position that, you know, for for a long time, the Cowboys have drafted. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys have drafted, developed, developed tight ends as well as any team in the league. So like Martellus Bennett didn't work out necessarily in Dallas, but he had a great career in the NFL, right? Lasted a long time, was part of a, couple different Super Bowl teams. Uh, Anthony Fasano was still in the league just until a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, Jason Witten, Blake Jarwin. Dalton Jeff Schultz, Swaim. Jeff, Jeff Swaim went off to still, another team. Has been he's, still still on, he's still on teams right now. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, they've got a lot of different guys that have been solid contributors. So I would not be surprised if one of McEwen or uh, Nick Eubanks is the next developmental tight end for the Cowboys that ends Dalton up Schultz, out. The, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah, exactly. So it's, and there's it's a just lot of value in finding that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's the thing is the Cowboys, what the Cowboys need to do a better job here of with tight ends is finding a way to extract value from these guys. Once, if they have to leave, Before you know, the comp, pick, AC, yes. the comp pick formula is going to help with that. Um, but it would be nice for them to find a way, you know, look, you talked about the contract with Blake Jarwin and this, maybe this is how we can finish. 
you know, maybe they like Schultz enough that they can trade uh, Blake Jarwin. If they can show enough of Blake Jarwin, you know, his, con- yeah. his contract's not de- debilitating. If he really kind of no. shows that he's, uh, you know, puts up big numbers, especially in an offense where he's going to get a ton of opportunity, there may be trade value because there's just not a ton of tight ends in, in, in the league. Especially if it, like a star tight end goes down, like heaven forbid, like Travis Kelsey goes down to Kansas City and there's nobody else in that team and they want somebody who can catch the ball down the seams and make plays after the catch. I could see Kansas City flipping a late round pick for Blake Jarwin and taking on that contract, right? Like that, that makes sense. So not a bad idea. I don't expect the Cowboys to do that, but it's no. certainly, certainly is an option that they have. Uh, that is it for today's show. I, I love talking about tight ends. I think this is a, a really, a really fascinating positional group for the Cowboys. Uh, and I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Uh, you can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. He's verified now. So make sure you guys do that. Uh, you can check out the show on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, continue to download support, give us some, some reviews on iTunes or wherever you give your re- reviews. We'll be back on Tuesday to answer your Twitter questions. So make sure you guys send them in to us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.